welcome, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Desert Dogcast, Five for Helling's official Arizona Coyote podcast. Alongside Paul Pavlik and Rose Ford, I am Rob Leonio, here for this second episode of Desert Dogcast, talking to you about the training camp and the preseason. Lots of things to talk about. Uh, how have the last couple weeks since we last spoke been going for you guys? Pretty good. There's finally been some hockey to watch, um, even though it's been, you know, rookie tournaments and preseason hockey, which, you know, always has some interesting candidates on the roster. But um, it's just great to have hockey back finally, even if it doesn't count. Yeah, it, it's great to be able to talk about hockey again uh, and not have it be very theoretical. Uh I remember I was writing and there was four stories and during the regular offseason I was like, these four stories could be separate stories, but now they have to go into one giant post because there's just so much going on. Absolutely. Uh, I keep trying to keep up to date with, uh, with hockey as it, go- as it goes because once training camp hits, you just get this big news dump of players all around the league and, um, you know, I try to keep up with it and the moment I try to post about something, Something else comes up, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This is fun. I'm glad this is back. And then you see a lineup on Twitter, and you're like, I have no idea who any of these players are. Yeah. (laughs) Who's that guy? (laughs) Well, I think we should probably get started with the rookie tournament since that happened a little while ago. Um, Mm -hmm. The first news that we need to announce out of um, for the Coyotes for our pack is that next year's rookie tournament is actually going to be hosted at Gila River Arena by the Coyotes. Oh, so we'll get to s- a chance to see the rookie tournament live. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I I was really looking forward to the rookie tournament this year, and I was kind of bummed that I didn't get a chance to actually watch it and partake. But like the idea of it being in Arizona is great, especially since we missed out on the All-Star game quite a while back. It's a nice kind of Hopefully a sign of good things to come. Yeah, and maybe, you know, once the NHL sees that we can actually host events, they'll let us have an all-star game again. Yeah. You know, and actually you know, not have a walkout that. this time. Yeah, and an outdoor game too. That uh, awesome. I, I would, yeah, an outdoor game in Arizona. LA did it, so we can too. Yeah, the yeah. Vegas Knights would be great. But anyway. Yeah, the, the Cotton Bowl is getting one this year too, so... Okay, so um, the rookie tournament this year, though, was actually hosted in Anaheim um, at one of their Mm. facilities in Irvine, California. And um, the results ended up with the San Jose Sharks being in first with a 3-0 record. Anaheim and Arizona tied 2-1, and then Colorado and Los Angeles tied 1-2 each, and then Vegas didn't win any of their games. Oh. I did get a chance to watch some of our games, um, not the Colorado one, because that was during the workday. Um, Jan Yenick looked really good. He squirreled multiple goals across the tournament, um, and so did uh, likely roadrunners Tyler Steenberg- Steenbergen and Nate Schnarr. Uh, Yannick is getting all of the good buzz this uh, preseason and rookie development camp, which is really interesting. I didn't pick him to be a standout candidate. He seemed like he would be 
good, but he's the dark horse of this preseason, which is great for him. Yeah, and he was one of the youngest players uh, of his draft class. Like, he and I think um, that kid SDA from Toronto were both born on the last eligible day of the draft when they were drafted um, in 2018. So he he just turned 19. It's great that Arizona is finally getting the later round picks to actually work out. Uh, because up until very recently, if it wasn't in the first round, and even then, there was a decent chance that whoever we drafted wasn't going to work out. Yeah. But now we have some legit prospects from all rounds. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to be honest, the, during the rookie tournament, Liam Kirk, our seventh round pick from England, actually looked pretty good too. He had a lot of chances, but he couldn't convert in any, into any goals. But I thought he looked good. And I th- if I'm remembering correctly, the, the game against the Vegas rookies was that was a, a pretty chippy game, but I might be confusing that with the preseason game. That I think was definitely chippy. Yeah, Arizona. I I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is that I, I do know from what I hear, I didn't get a chance to watch all of that opening preseason game between Arizona and Vegas, but from what I do hear, there was a nasty hit that kind of <sighs> jarred everything, and uh, yeah, it didn't look good. There were actually a couple. The first hit was Pacioretty on Jan Yannick, actually, so happy birthday mm-hmm. to Jan Yannick that day. Um, that was a, a not great hit, and then the nastiest hit was... Um, I forget the Vegas player's name, but he hit Aaron Ness, and Aaron Ness was down on the ice for quite a bit. Um, Is that the one that led to the uh, five-minute major? Yes, it led to a five-minute major, which Vegas was not happy about. I mean, that was... Are they ever ever happy about (laughs) five-minute majors? Probably not. That was a devastating hit, and not what you were expecting in the first game of preseason, although... Uh, Considering uh, a couple years back, Rostislav Klesla got taken out in a preseason game, if I recall correctly. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything about Aaron Ness since then. Um, I don't know if he's injured or, or not. Or I mean, the Arizona Coyotes, I mean, we should all know, are very, very quiet and very mum about any injuries. Generally. Like, if anything, they're like, oh... It's an upper body injury, and they won't even say, they don't say they won't give any specifics. They won't say how long it is. As someone who's been covering the Roadrunners, I can tell you that the organization is just that way. Yeah, I mean it's an upper body injury. What else do you need? That's like narrows it down to half. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye out him eye out for Aaron S in, in further games to see how he's doing. Um. Or if he, we have a, can find any updates on him. Anyway, we ended up losing that preseason game to the Vegas Golden Knights, a 6-2 loss. Um, pretty much didn't score any goals after that hit on Aaron Ness. So that kind of stunk. Yeah. I mean, something like that can go either way. It can either devastate you or you can use it to motivate you. In the preseason, I don't, like, it's... I don't see how you can get much motivation because you, you know obviously it's preseason, but you still should kind of put in put in as good a good amount of effort because you're trying to fight for a roster spot. But at the same time, like it's not like the playoffs 
or something like that. So I can see how it, it didn't really kind of have as much of an effect as potentially like a going one way versus the other. So yeah, and yeah, that and that particular roster was relatively young as well. Um, there wasn't a single player over thirty on on that roster, and um, none of our regular guys who've played Coyotes hockey before. It was mostly new guys and young guys. Right. Um, no Keller, no Castle, no Stepan, no, you know, those guys. Yeah. So. With a roster like that, I don't put too much stock in the preseason games. It, it, they're definitely very interesting to watch, and you can start to see, see themes develop on what a team's strengths and weaknesses are going to be, but like the first game, a devastating loss like that, doesn't really tell you too much in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's an opportunity for the, the coaches and the organization to get a look at guys they don't normally get a look yeah. at. I mean, here here's who the vets were: Schmaltz, Hinnestroza, Dvorak, uh, Kraus, Chikrin, Leibushkin, and Osterly, and Aiden Hill. Yeah, not not too much. All right, although. Yes, yeah, very young. You could say the biggest thing to take away is the Vegas Arizona rivalry seems to be potential to get yeah. really bad. I, I can't yeah, even I, imagine. I can't wait. Go ahead. I says I can't wait until uh, there's this you know big marketing campaign for the duel in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine these two teams going up against each other in a, a playoff game when their preseason games are nasty. Yeah. Which, it's one more reason why Arizona moving to the Central Division next season. It's Bad idea. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, let's not even go there. I've, I, I, I've complained about that a lot already. I, yeah, we all have. I've written a post about it, too. On the one hand, I I think it kind of makes sense from the NHL's point of view, but really not a good idea. I I think it's terrible. You could have done so much better in kind of reshuffling things. Just move Edmonton and Calgary to Central and and move Colorado to the Pacific, and we'll be That was my exact idea when it first came up, because it's like it's a way to not – so you don't break up any major rivalry. Right. Like – because obviously right now Vegas and Arizona isn't a major rivalry, but they put a team in Vegas to make a uh, natural geographic rival for Arizona. And now it's not going to be as much because they're going to be in different divisions. But, you know. I, I would like, like to see a Vegas-Arizona rivalry build in spite of the NHL moving the team to the Central Division. That would just be glorious to three years from now them trying to figure out how to move us back to the or to the Pacific. You know, I also just have a feeling that that uh, Vegas just likes to uh, rough up and make a rival out of any team that they see and that they're close to. Like, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Talk to any talk to any of the California teams, and even talk to some Coyotes fans. They just don't like Vegas. I I, I think the hot start they had is probably a big deal for that. But yeah, just in general. Uh... Yes, Vegas needs to suffer like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't 
That's the way it works. This is yeah. hockey. Expansion teams aren't supposed to be good. They're supposed to be terrible. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love having that kind of conversation with people. <laughs> the Vegas should suffer more like the rest of us have, that conversation. Exactly. I, I mean, on the one hand, I get where you're coming from. On the other hand, that's... Just a terrible way to assume that hockey is supposed to work, that you're supposed to be terrible. Well, I, it, 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 it's, it's not more of they're supposed to be terrible. It's more of they need yeah. to pay their dues. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's not like, oh, right, you have to be the worst team in the league for two years. It's more of like, you've got to experience some heartbreak before, you know, you get into some, the actual fun. They got fun and then they experience heartbreak. So that I think now they're, yeah. They paid their dues. Plus, I think Edmonton has enough heartbreak for the entire league. We don't need another team to have a lot of heartbreak. We have plenty. Yeah. <laughs> Although Edmonton made a couple moves, maybe I can't, you know, shit talk them all this season like I've grown used to. No. Plus, they have Dave Tippett uh-huh. now, and you know what he can do with not great rosters. Yeah. Imagine what he could do with a not great roster with a few great players. <laughs> that would be interesting to see, that's for yeah. sure. I, I never thought I would see Mike Smith and Dave Tippett reunite in Edmonton. That is... Oh, I, I knew it. I knew the minute that Dave Tippett became the coach in Edmonton, I'm like, he's going to bring Mike Smith in there, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it makes sense. He, he did wonders for him before, but I don't know if that... That is just touch too much loyalty, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit. But, I mean, what are you going to do? It, it's not like there's a lot of goaltenders that are available for them to take. And it's many... Hey. Louis Deming's available. True, yeah. Uh, is he available? Um, is he no longer with uh... us? <laughs> Tampa is shopping him. Ah, yeah. That was... Uh, uh, probably to uh, try to see if he can make more room to give Braden Point a better I mean, contract. how much money is he making? Um, not a whole lot, but um, Tampa did a weird thing where they basically went out and got all the goalies they possibly could. Sure. Um, okay. I, let me see who they have on contract. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm headed. I know they picked up Scott Wedgwood. They picked up um, Curtis McElhaney, Mike Condon. Um, let's see who else. Who else? Yeah, and they already have so just going but they have McElhaney, Condon, Deming, and Scott Wedgwood, and I think somebody else too. Uh, Spencer yeah, probably too many goaltenders. That was it. So they have way too many goaltenders. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Was this supposed to be like a backup in case like Vasilevsky became like a um, like one of those? Goaltenders that just had a brief hot period before they flame out as like uh, fast as speeding bullets. I doubt or it. maybe um, I think the, on the Natty Hattie podcast they said that somebody on Twitter said that they were going to use all those goalies as spare parts for Vasilevsky. 
<laughs> that makes more sense to me. Um, Turn it into goaltender I, Voltron. I imagine if you go through what Tampa Bay did in the postseason last year, you just it breaks your brain a little bit, and they seem to have responded just fine. But there's some underlying craziness in there. There has to be. There is every time. So right. apparently they're blaming it on the goaltending. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a way to go. Uh, it's not like you can blame the rest of the roster. That's true. Well, after the Vegas preseason game, we also had the um, split squad LA games. It was really great to be able to listen to the game where we were destroyed. Uh, while, while knowing that there's a better game happening, like, and not being able to listen to it. That was, that was beautiful. That was peacocky. <laughs> you could have listened to it on the LA stream, right? Yeah, then I gotta listen to the LA stream. That's a good point. That is kind of hard to do. Yeah. So, at home, Arizona lost to LA. It was 4-1. And then, um, at, in Los Angeles, they shut them out 5-0. Or as Tockett said after the game... So both away teams won. And as Tockett said after the game, uh, add those together, 6-5, we win. 6-4. So. 6-4, six, four. Six, four. sorry. <laughs> don't give them an extra goal, they don't need it. There you go. That actually, um, after I read that quote, I was like, it would be fun if the NHL had one regular season split squad game. It would be chaos, and no one would like it, but I would enjoy it. (laughs) I'm on Team Chaos, so let's do it. Yeah, just one week everyone brings up their AHL roster, and they have to, like, secretly form two teams, and you have to add up the goals at the end, so decide, like, hey, do I want to front-load one team, hoping they go a lot, or... Spread it out evenly. I, th- I think there's something there. How about they make that like the uh, um, an end of the season like one game playoff for or, or like or whatever um, for a tiebreaker for like that last wild card spot or whatever. If there's a if there is a tie, or like they're always talking about doing something with like the first overall picks to have it be less lottery based or less tanky. Do something like that. Just get weird with it. <laughs> Yeah, because that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. The NHL is the league to really try out new innovative things. Yeah, I mean, they're already trying. I mean, starting to right. try new things. But. They think an Apple commercial, um, an Apple mm. ad campaign from the 90s is a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be fair, that was because it with got them, like, so what, horribly roasted. <laughs> yeah. Not that the internet yeah. ever forgets. No, no. And uh, we got some great uh, fan versions of those pictures. Oh, will be more, I approve. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's the league that brought us ready, so. You know, you have some hits, you have some misses. Both of them are highly entertaining. You know, I know they took it down, but honestly, that was a hit. <laughs> it got people talking. <laughs> it did. 
I mean, that's what they want to do. They want it's like they want to try to get as many people talking about the sport, about the league as possible. The good, it's it's a weirdly good market, and about the actual players because that's a big problem in the NHL. Like you don't really market the superstars. As yeah. Much. I remember um, at the I think it was this Super Bowl this year is the uh, I believe it was uh, TSN that went to go interview players on the Super Bowl media day, and they showed a picture of Connor McDavid, and they and said, nobody could. "Can you name who this guy?" One guy said he was the prime nobody minister. Or they asked, <laughs> or one guy asked him, "Yeah, who's Connor McDavid?" He's like, is that a porn star? Or something? I'm like, whoa. He's not the one with the mustache. <laughs> no, no, that's Johnny. And, and Matthew's yeah. now. That's, Matthew's uh, got a little bit of a porn stash going on. That, no, that's pretty I, I am oh, fortunate that I do not have great facial hair, so I never have a picture of me with an embarrassing mustache. It's me with an embarrassing, not shaven, crappy beard, but never just the mustache. Yeah, no, I just keep a, I just keep a short stubble. I think Matthews looks good with the mustache. I don't know what people are complaining about. I think it looks great, but whatever. (laughs) But speaking of which, really briefly, uh, did you guys see what Matthews did the other day with the, uh, like with like the little, I guess mini. It wasn't a fight, but you know, just like. Going up to the player to see who he was behind him. Yeah, his, uh, to yeah. See who he that was in the great. preseason game like against the Senators. I, does, that kid who was trying to fight him was Sabarin or something like that. Some yeah, teller. It, it's it's great because I just looked it up. There's three webs or there's three articles. All of them list Matthew's name in the headline. None of them mention who the other guy is. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, anyway, back to the Coyotes preseason. <laughs> One good thing that came out of the the win in LA is that we got a look at a really decent top line of Dvorak, Keller, and Garland. Yeah, that that'd be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember last season thinking Dvorak and. Fisher would be a good pairing, but uh, Dvorak with Keller that that intrigues me, and especially get Garland in there. He could he's going to be the one getting to the. Well, remember, I think uh, it was in in Keller's rookie year. He was playing a lot with Dvorak and Domi, wasn't he? I don't know. Feels so long. Uh, a bit. I remember. Wasn't he mostly with Stepan? He, he was with Stepan a lot. Too, but I think they mixed it yeah. up at the end too. But I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering. But putting Garland in there is actually is a pretty good idea. I mean, obviously, as someone who's watched Garland for a couple years down in Tucson, I I I, I just love the way he plays. And putting him up there at on on top, I think I couldn't think of a yeah. Better and it definitely it gives us another that. line option where. Keller and Kessel could be split instead of together, so there would be more scoring. So anyway, in the in the preseason game, each of those three guys was involved on all five of the goals. Definitely a good thing. 
say it. Yeah, especially That's since the other two games had not a lot of Coyotes' offense. It's good that someone's getting it done. So hopefully they can continue that trend. But yeah, I like the way they played together, and I wouldn't mind seeing that line together again. Yeah. Another good player from that night from the away game was uh, Jordan Gross and Jalen Smerick. They both turned out pretty good in the stats. So. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I see uh, Labushkin had an assist. He's become an offensive powerhouse. <laughs> As we all predicted. <laughs> he has, what, a goal and an assist in preseason? Uh, that is kind of shocking. Yes, considering he didn't score anything last season. Nope. And he had uh, four total assists? That's, that's not He's had, you know, that's not his game. Just like Germelson didn't have a single goal last season either. Yeah, I get it. They do other things. It's okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that uh, that shutdown defenseman role, and I feel like Lubushkin's game is underappreciated. Um, I think Osterley got a lot more credit and attention for good reason, uh, but Lubushkin was a solid pickup uh, for us last year, and I don't think anyone's really I liked his game. Him. I like that he keeps the net front clear. That's really important, yeah. and not enough guys do it. No. He, he definitely... He scored 61 blocks last season. What was that? He recorded 61 blocks, 150 hits. So, on that side, that's pretty good. Yeah. Very impressive. But uh, do you want to move on to some of the players that have been sent down? Because there's a pretty big defenseman yeah, on that so one. Yeah, so we've um, had our first round of cuts since the, the preseason games uh, have been played. Um, there are now only 52 players at training camp, and all of the players that got cut were sent back to their junior teams. So that's goaltender David Tendek, defenseman Axel Bergfist, Dennis Busby, then forwards uh, Liam Kirk, Valentin Nussbaumer, defenseman Kevin Ball, and then camp invites Connor Hall, Brady Lyle, David Levin, or Levin, I'm not sure how he says it, and Eric Uba. I'm glad you took that because I, I would not be able to list all those names. <laughs> Some of those are tough to pronounce. Uh, I would say some jokes too. I mean, obviously, we're not including these players, but just like general other player names when the the names are absolutely ridiculous, and the uh, the caption for it when it takes a picture of the of the names is like, "So you want to be a sports broadcaster? <laughs> Try to read these." Yeah, it's it's definitely a very noticeable thing watching another team's feed and having an announcer who cannot pronounce any of the players' names. Just because. Yeah. yeah. Uh, during the rookie tournament, they kept, or was it the preseason game? They kept mispronouncing Eric. Yeah, it was the preseason game against Vegas. They kept mispronouncing Eric Schalgren's last name because it starts with a K in English, but it's Schalgren. Yeah. 
Uh, I still remember the days of Michael Botker. <laughs> that would drove me crazy. Um, anytime I would watch, I'd be like, why? It's, it doesn't even well, look right. David Levin, I'm just going to say Levin, was, um, he was a camp invite, but he's a very interesting prospect. And Alex Kinkoff wrote an interesting story about him on NHL.com because apparently he's originally from Tel Aviv, so he didn't even start ice skating until he was like 12. Oh, yeah. Wow. So even though he got sent back to his junior team, uh, I'll still be interested to see where he ends up. Um, just because I always love those non-traditional hockey stories. You're not oh, surprised yeah, me if uh, maybe uh, down the road he gets offered an an ATO for a team, and then um, he can. Yeah. It's just really cool to think of a, a kid from Israel being the first professional hockey, hockey player from his country. Yeah, that'd be that's yeah. actually really cool. That would be. I mean, look at how much attention uh, Liam Kirk gets for being the first English uh, born and raised player to be drafted. Yeah. I believe is yeah, yeah. born um, trained. I was I was actually really surprised to see him go in the first round of cuts, especially since he seemed to be having an okay preseason. He was good last year. That one definitely kind of... Yeah, I was kind of hoping that he was going to get sent to Tucson instead, to junior, because because he was drafted out of the English League instead of the CHL. He could actually go to Tucson. But, you know, maybe they have a a logjam on the roster there. I haven't really counted. Maybe. Could be. Maybe they'll the, like the Roadrunners can sign him to a contract, like their own kind of contract, and then go from there. Like who knows? Yeah. Is it like um, you think maybe a size thing? Is he not physically mature yet? Or I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not much of a scout myself, and I've only seen him in a couple of games. Um, but I mean, it's- according to Elite Prospects, so not sure when this was updated. Yeah, 6'1", 157 pounds. That's, so. yeah, that's it, the height. That's pretty, not much probably got to yeah. put on a bit of weight yeah, before they can, you know, put him up against some of those bruisers in the AHL. Yeah. One guy without that size problem, though, Kevin Ball, also getting sent down. Also very surprising for me. Yeah, he actually got sent down in the quote-unquote second round of cuts, but he was the only one in the second round of cuts. Which was also very strange. Uh, yeah. But he got to play in and, the LA game, so. Uh, I read a comment on Pfeiffer Helling that he didn't look great in that game. Which, I mean, can happen. You can have a bad preseason game. Anybody can. Uh, it was, and it was the home game, so nobody looked good. Yeah. It, especially that one. But I still think he's a good prospect for us. I think he's that type of very similar to the role Lubushkin could play. Like, bigger guy, could clear the front of the net. Um, not going to score a lot, but solid defensively. Yeah. I think it's, he's just going to take some time. And he's a really good skater. For yeah, that is. Especially. Cause that's a, for, for his He's 6'6", six six, I think it is. 
six foot six, six foot seven, something like that. He's a big boy. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think he's actually gonna be the eventual replacement for Yarmelson when Yarmelson can no longer play. I could see that. I think that that's the trajectory they want him on. Yeah. Uh, I think he may, it's not gonna be a perfect overlap. I think Yarmelson's gonna end up retiring before he's ready for that role, but I think he could definitely fill that for the team. Yeah, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but I think that's that's what they're grooming him for. Yeah. And, I mean, if that means another season in the OHL, then it's not the worst thing in the world, especially for a defenseman. Yeah, let them overcook. <laughs> we really don't want them to... Be rushed, especially for something like that. There's no reason to, since we have so many defensemen on the roster. We have so many defensemen. I Anytime I look at the team and try and select the ones that are going to make it, I was like, all right, we're good, but we need a spot for our eighth and ninth defensemen, because that's allowed, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you can have an eighth and ninth defenseman, but do you really want your prospects to be sitting in the press box? No, you want them playing. Yeah. You want them the season. You want them to get that time. And that's why I always mention about players like um, playing in the AHL versus minimal minutes in the NHL because that's like there's certain ways to get for players to develop. Yeah, and we've that's already got get. eight NHL defensemen. Oh. I'm sorry, seven. I can't True. And. Uh, <laughs> and Victor Soderstrom appears to be having a pretty yeah, decent preseason too. So who knows what he happens there? Going to Tucson too, because he came over from the SHL. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Actually, I'd I'd like to see if he doesn't Tucson. straight up make the NHL team. I think when I was true, true. Uh, a lot of what I was reading, it seemed like he. They were leaning more towards him going back to Europe, but hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe he impresses enough that they want to. It's going to depend on how quickly they want it. I'm sorry, Rob, I didn't catch that. Cat friendly lists him at minor. Yeah, um, that doesn't mean anything until the rosters are actually set. They're just assuming he's going to be minor. Yeah. Which, I mean, decent assumption, but you never know. Yeah. We have had defensemen go straight from the draft to the league. Jacob Chickren keeps playing. Um, Yeah, and it's going to depend on how quickly they think he'll be ready for the NHL because they might want him to adjust to the small ice area faster if they think he's going to be like ready next year. Yeah. I do enjoy reading all the stories about him and OEL hanging out. It's the most adorable thing. It's like OEL has adopted him. (laughs) He's like, this is my son player. Uh, He is, um, he follows me everywhere. Does what I do. It's so cute. Yeah. I mean, you're looking up to a player, 
there are definitely worse players to look up to than OEL. And it's great to see him as a captain kind of expanding into that role of, like, helping the newer guys out. Yeah, that's definitely good. You always want to get a player that can do Yeah, that. especially since he knows exactly where Soderstrom is coming from, because they're both Swedish. Exactly. Yeah. Both young defensemen, both... I mean, Soderstrom doesn't look as much like Harry Potter as OEL did when he was young, but, yeah. That that reference wouldn't even be topical in that nowadays, so it's fine. Anyways, though, uh, guys, since we're only, what is it now? Uh, just, yeah, like less than two weeks away from the regular season, what, what I guess, uh, what players is the, uh, or player... We'll say what, what single player are you guys looking forward to the most for for just the organization as a whole like that's coming in this year? Well, I definitely can't wait to see Kessel with a full NHL roster around him rather yeah, than that'd be know, nice. a junior NHL roster. <laughs> Kessel... Definitely looking forward to. I want to see him with Schmaltz, although I want to see I, them on the it doesn't play. seem like Schmaltz is having a good uh, preseason. I want to see those two on the power play because right. Schmaltz had already yeah. improved our power play, and I'd like to see what Kessel can do to improve it even more. Uh, it definitely has to get better. Um, that's not even a statement of hope. That's like a mathematical fact. It cannot get any worse. Never say never. <laughs> we can find a way. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what Garland does with the full season. Uh, okay. He had a he was call up middle of last year. He was one of the top old scorers in that short amount of time. And with a full NHL season, I think he could probably – he's a good player to watch. Yeah, I'm also really interested okay. in seeing OEL because we just haven't seen him at all yet this preseason because he's been out with um, recovering from some sort of complication from his uh, knee injury. So um, they said he'll be ready by the regular season, but I don't know if we're even going to see him in any preseason games. Guys, I'm looking forward to um, mostly our uh, Roadrunners players, Nick Merkley and Kyle Capobianco. Capobianco. Capobianco, you know, he had had a shot at the NHL before he got injured. He looked great as a Roadrunner, um, and I know he's just going to get better and better. Hopefully he has a healthy... Uh, completely healthy season and can maybe make another okay. shot. Um, Nick Merkley, on the other hand, he only played like half the season. Like the first half, he he was injured. You know, he was still recovering from his his knee injury and well, knee injury that pretty much took him out all of the previous season before that. So you know, and he's slowly started to find, get his momentum back, and I think he can really have a good year. Yeah, in Merkley is one I really want to see what he can do with a healthy season. That would be great. Um, I mean, remember when he was playing alongside Strom when both of them played together in Tucson? They were unstoppable. Yeah, they were pretty yeah. good together. 
I, I remember everyone always talking about Martin Hansel and what his career would have been like if he had been able to stay healthy. And I feel that way about Merkley to a lesser extent because, you know, Hansel definitely made it to the NHL. And, but, like, Merkley, he seems like such a good player who's just been, like, all these injuries that built up. If he'd been consistently playing, I would just love to see what that meant, what that was, what that would be. Poor kid has right. just had the worst luck. <laughs> he may want to just get traded from the Coyotes in principle and be like, I don't know what's happening. There's like a voodoo doll here or something. It keeps breaking my knee. Or, I- I'm sorry, did you say knee or well, I'm just going to blame it injury. on the fact that we always knee. play the Kings in the preseason and they always seem to end end up injuring somebody. Yeah. Blaming the Kings seems like a good, uh, just a good way to go about things. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind blaming the Kings. I do that anyways. Blame LA. Yeah. I mean, it's not like beating LA is going to be much of a challenge this year. That's true. Watch I say that and they suddenly become great. You mean Ilya Kovalchuk isn't the offensive dynamic player that they thought he would be? Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that players get not as good when they age? Like, that completely astonishes Not in wood that that doesn't happen to Kessel this year. <laughs> oh, okay, now. <laughs> I am really tempting fate this episode. Yes, it's great. Uh, <laughs> it's all your so, fault when it happens. Yes. Listeners, save this for when we inevitably lose and just play it back to me anytime you see me walking in the streets. <laughs> Also, let's, uh, let's CC at old takes exposed. So just you're to make covered. sure you're, um, we're, we're, yeah, we're covered. Yes, let's tempt that thing. Uh, oh man, so many of my old takes, uh, are probably available to be found. Uh, you could probably read many articles about me arguing that Andy Mealy should be our second line center, uh, from back in 2012. I mean that's that, that's our job to speculate things, but uh, speculate, observe, you know, yeah. make predictions. A lot of times we're wrong. People get mad at reporters, but at the same time we're just like, well, we're not we're not like part of the team, so we can't really give you like it's hard to give you as much factual information as possible. We'll kind of give you as much as we can, as much as we know, but that's all we can get. Yeah. I'm not big on rankings and predictions either. I think that they just end up. I mean, they're content, and that's great, but, you know, how do you really compare apples and oranges for that kind of stuff? And predictions are are just utterly utterly useless. You might as well flip a coin. You'll be just as as right. (laughs) Especially with how much randomness there is in the NHL. I mean... Just in the sport of hockey in general, yeah. it's one of the it's one of the more random leagues, major there's, leagues in the. There's uh, in so America, many variables so. that go into who wins the hockey game that it's it's really really hard to predict. Even the best predictions can get up to a seventy five percent. Yeah, I, I. I mean, it. Last year's playoffs tells you is a perfect example of that. Like. All four division winners out in the first round. Out in the first round. Yeah. 
Tampa Bay getting swept. Who expected that? Nobody. Tampa Bay getting swept by Columbus. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could see nothing against Columbus, but nobody expected that. They barely made the playoffs. Yeah. Especially, after, especially when Game One was like looked like it was going to be. Oh yeah, it's not a problem at all. If you are looking back at it, you could like see how it happened. You're like, yeah, you got Bobrovsky. He's gonna be good, and he turned into a wall and earned himself a nice paycheck for it. So, oh yeah, that's for sure, the highest paid goal. Very nice league. paycheck. That should be a rivalry in and of itself, Bobrovsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Just have that. And now he's, you know, yeah, now he's in the same, in the same state with their number one, you know. Geographic rival. That's hilarious. <laughs> Florida Panthers fans, make it happen. Make that a, a thing. Taunt Tampa with just pictures of Bob everywhere. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> I mean, if there's a team that would do something like that, it, it, I could see Florida trying something. If only Carolina had that kind of player with a rivalry because they would definitely do something crazy with it. Probably. Especially since they're just so notorious for like their celebrations. Yeah. Bunch of jerks. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they did actually take out the Washington Capitals so the Capitals can't be particularly happy about that. This is very true. I mean, the Capitals won their cup. They're allowed to be not happy for a very long time. (laughs) Yeah, but they wanted to not suck again. (laughs) They're going to go back to just being eliminated early in the playoffs every year for the next 30 years, and then they're going to have a cup. Always always the second round, though. I mean, they didn't make it past. They didn't make it to the second round this last year, but... It's second round of the Penguins, second round of the Penguins, and second round of the Penguins. (laughs) Well, the Penguins didn't even make it to the second round this year. They got swept, too. Exactly. They got swept by the Islanders. Craziness. Can't wait to see what this season brings. Who is going to be the ridiculous team that wins this year? I'm interested interested to see what, uh, what Toronto does since they, like, they just stacked up their uh, forwards tech. Well, they have the three most highest paid, three of the s- seven most highest paid players in the or forwards in the uh, league. Yeah. So. I mean, they're gonna lose to Boston. That's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. They yeah, don't have just, Nazem Kadri anymore. <laughs> Not that they ever did, because he yeah. kept getting suspended against Boston anyway. <laughs> uh, it, it'll be great. I, I want. Toronto to play Boston every single year, just so Toronto fans keep getting crushed. It's like the little engine that could, except it can't. You're almost as bad as I am with my secret little wish that every single Southern expansion team will win the cup before it ever goes back to Canada. <laughs> Any every team in the yeah, Sun Belt, exactly, <laughs> including us and Vegas. Yeah, us and Vegas back to back. Uh, Houston gets one somehow. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, no. I mean, look, Tampa's won one, Carolina's won one, Florida won one a while ago, but 
Nashville, Nashville still, needs, still one. needs one. San Jose still needs one. The other California yep. teams, we don't care. They've won theirs. Um, and then us and Vegas. Yeah. I'll even throw Columbus needs to win one in there too, just to you know really rub it into Canada. That that'll be great. <laughs> Make their drought to. Uh... Let's just extend the drought to 40 years. For that's not 40 years. That's, that's, that's not even 10 years if they just, you know, go in order. <laughs> well, right now it's already been, what, uh, 20... 1993. Years, 26, something like that, right? 26. It's 26 years since the Cup went yeah. back to Canada. So... Nashville, San Jose, Arizona, Vegas, Columbus. So another five years. Not terrible okay. teams to pick for winning a cup in the next couple of years. They're all pretty good teams. Well, Except Arizona, we have to wait and see. I'm not yeah. jinxing it. <laughs> That's Arizona. Decent looking on paper. Uh, let's say that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, I'm also known for jinxing kind of, um, last year on the Inside the Glass podcast, um, both Eric and I were saying, I was like, mark my words, the Arizona Coyotes are going to make this playoff this year. And, oh, and the ones that are laughing at me, when we come to the playoffs, I'm going to tell you I told you so. And then when they didn't make it, I was like, Four points, man. Four points. I know, I was so close. And I was like, to be fair, they were injured. Yeah. Uh, I think I made the slightly less ridiculous prediction of they're gonna compete, it'd be somewhat competitive in March. And that ended up Actually, you know what? Actually, you know what my uh, full-on prediction was for that? Is that they would, um, that the one to three would be uh, in the Pacific Division would have been um, the Sharks, the Knights, and the Coyotes, and the Coyotes would beat the Knights in seven games. Bless your heart. That is a very specific prediction. <laughs> yeah, I was I, I I wanted to be as specific as possible because I wanted I was trying to have some fun with it and our last year's preseason predictions, and we might do something similar um, back on the inside the glass. Um, this year, since that's league-wide content, um, so we'll see how Are that one goes. Are we going to do predictions here for the Coyotes? Oh yeah, we can do predictions here. Okay, of course. I think we're going to make the playoffs. I think we're going to be a wild card team, and uh, probably out in the first round. Okay, that's my reason. Uh, I'm going to go wild card team too. Uh, first round upset win, then swept in the second. I'm going to say also wild card team, where, yeah, first round upset, second round lose in six. Who do you think we lose to in the second round? Um, let's see. I'm assuming they're going to go through the central division team, a central division team. So I will say they will lose to. Let's see, you think of the central division team. Um, 
Nashville, Dallas, Winnipeg, Chicago, Minnesota. They're going to lose to Dallas. Colorado. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, what – I was just kind of thinking of which uh, Central Division teams I think are going to make the playoffs. That's going to be a discussion I'm going to make on it. Yeah. I'm just still ticked that Colorado knocked us out last year because we actually – the Coyotes actually had more wins than them. Yeah. But they had more OT points. That's just annoying. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you see the the, uh, the new rules for tiebreakers? Oh, no. What's no. That? So now, you know, it used to be, um, the first one used to be the, the row, regulation overtime wins. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's just how many more uh, regulation wins. So it's not including overtime wins also. So it's like, how many more regulation wins first? If they had the same amount of regulation wins, then they'll go to regulation overtime wins. And then... No, they'll keep going down the same thing after that, but it's weird. Uh, yeah, and that's okay, but that's a tiebreaker. The Avalanche yep. didn't have the same number of points as us. They had more OT points. Yeah. So yeah. I don't see that that tiebreaker is especially useful when it's not going to come into play all that often. Yeah, it was just something that came to yeah. my mind. It'll be something to include in every yeah. article written in like February, March, when we're talking about ties and potential scenarios. Yeah, we can talk about ties all we want, but they hardly ever happen. I keep rooting for them because I'm Team Chaos, but yeah, no, they don't happen. No, uh, I especially I would like to see three, te- like three. Three way ties to try to fight for like a, a wild card <laughs> spot. Good. Uh, spectacularly Byzantine tie breaking scenarios for the win. Yeah. I want every post I read to have just a breakdown where you have to do math to figure out who's actually going to win the spot. Just follow Micah Blake McCurdy <laughs> at Ineffective Math on Twitter because he does all that for fun. <laughs> I go to a bunch of uh, stat websites like that. I go to him. I go to uh, Money Puck. I go to uh, yeah, but um, he has a uh, course a particular love for tie-breaking scenarios. Yeah, I mean it's definitely one of the more interesting things you can look into. <laughs> I mean, it was it was fun for me when I was. Um, when the Roadrunners were getting close to their, uh, what do you call it, uh, potential playoff spot this last season. And I was like, here is every single scenario of how they can make it into the playoffs in this last week. And that was fun, kind of breaking that down. Like, it took me a while because I had to say, oh, this point, this amount of points, so this has to happen. I'm like, there's a lot to go- that goes into it. And I respect those kind of people that put a lot of stats into it. Yeah. And AHL playoffs, that's, uh, that's a different story for making it in, right? It's not just the most points, isn't it? Like a percentage based, or do I not know? You got to do point percentage just because the Pacific Division. Well, actually, points percentage only works for who's the higher seed in the conference because the Pacific Division is the only division that plays 68 games in the playoffs rather than. You mean in the regular uh, I believe season? The seven, yeah, in the regular season. 
rather than um, the other divisions, which I believe play 74 or something like that. Yeah, and that's because of the travel. The travel's worse in the Pacific. Yeah, because yeah, in the AHL, they want to try to limit uh, long travel, so they can't... And they don't want to play... Um, and if they played 72, 74, whatever the number is, I can't, for some reason, it's not coming to me, um, games, then you're trying to add, like, another four games of your own division. And, come on, do you really want to play San Diego 12 no. times in a season? Sometimes like, we already do. Like, sometimes we already do. Like, you play, they played uh, Colorado Eagles 12 times this last year. I was like, we be a different team. Like, I think, what, the, the furthest team Tucson has ever played is Manitoba. Uh, no, the, they've played the Charlotte Checkers. Ah, oh, okay. That's the, that, yeah, that's yeah they'll do those weird ones every once in a while. Yeah, this up, this coming up year, it's not, it's very, um, unexciting in terms of the teams they play. It's all the same again. Right. Guess the Roadrunners are just gonna have to be twice as exciting themselves. Hey, you know, it's always those games are always fun to go to. So. Assuming that the NHL core doesn't deplete them with injuries. <laughs> Let's hope that that doesn't happen again. Uh, Not good. What? <laughs> oh, here's another interesting bit of news that we haven't gone over yet. The Coyotes launched mm-hmm. their Spanish language social media. Uh, platforms, so they're going to be known as the Los Yotes on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram. Very nice. Oh, they're nice. going to be doing exclusively Spanish language content. And it's a per- and they're in the perfect market to do it. You know, the state of Arizona being close to the border, uh, it's you know there's a, there's a bigger uh, Latino uh, fan base or Latino uh, Latinx. Yeah. Latinx, yes, um, fan base or what do you call it? Just demographic down down here in, in the state. So I, it always seemed like an untapped market, and everyone always talks about it being an untapped market. So I think it's a really great move. I think it was Florida a couple year years back started doing Spanish language broadcasts, and yeah, um, and I know. Vegas does Spanish language broadcasts. Chicago does them, and I think San Jose City does as well. Yeah, because they do um, Hispanic Heritage Night too with Los Tiburones, right? Yes, I I wanted to get one of those jerseys because they I saw their or it was a jersey. <laughs> nice. I always tell people I think hockey is the best game in the world, and everyone should be watching it. So yeah, get more people watching it. Yeah, so, and they're gonna be hosting a, um, Hispanic Heritage Night, um, on October 17th against the Nashville Predators. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting cool. pick for, for that one, but yeah. I'll be interested to see that. Yeah, I think it had more to do with it being Hispanic Heritage Month yeah. in October than it being against the National Predators. Yeah. I mean, technically, it's kind of Heritage Month. Yeah, but you can't have a regular season game now. That's just chaos. 
And uh, do not expect uh, me to pronounce anything in Spanish because I am terrible at it. I learned that in elementary school. Yeah, I check French. So. <laughs> I'm just uh, half Mexican, so I but the uh, the accent will be there. Just don't expect me to say it because it, it won't sound good. I did learn from their post that um, our pack in Spanish is Nuestra Manada. I, I saw that, and they're uh, they're selling shirts for that. Yep, they're selling those in the team store already. And the Spanish, uh, that's, sorry, the Hispanic Heritage Night is going to be Noche de los Yotes on October 17th. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. I like that, too. A bit off topic, but have you guys noticed there's been, like, a lot of, like, shirts in the team store? Because um, yeah. there was the one with the, um, with the I want to win uh, quote. I sure it shouldn't want to yeah. win. Uh, and now this one, I'm actually looking forward to seeing the team store this year. Yeah, they're they're doing more marketing, which is good since they've got the new owner. Um, maybe even since they just you know started doing the scratching and clawing shirts too, they realized that t-shirts are a a very marketable yeah. thing. <laughs> You know, it's easy. People love They're people. cheaper than jerseys. People love them. Plus, in Arizona, do you want to be walking around wearing a jersey? <laughs> They're hot. To be a uh, little kind of a funny thing is when the playoffs happen and also during opening day, you know, it's still really hot here in, in Arizona, or anywhere in Arizona even. Um, and I'll wear my, my hockey jersey on opening day or during the playoffs, even though it's like 95 degrees. Like, how are you, like, living in that? I'm just like, it's hot, but, you know, I had to support my team. <laughs> Dude, yeah. buy a t-shirt. Buy a jersey. I have, I have a t-shirt, and I wear the t-shirt under my jersey, so I go oh, full yeah. out. I only put the jersey on in the rain. And, and I have my snapback hat, and I also wear on top of it. Uh, I've gotten used to just wearing a t-shirt and an army jacket. I am I'm what they call a, uh, yeah, I'm what they call a super fan when it comes to uh, following Look, hockey. I'm I'm a big fan too, but I, I'm not going to be sweating to death in a jersey out in the air, 100 degree Arizona heat just to quote unquote support I mean, the team when I can still support the team in my Coyotes t-shirt. Also, to be fair, when the when uh, the hot days come and it's still hockey playing, I still uh, I watch the games in a bar, so it's a little bit cooler. Uh, now, okay. so. I'm not That's one fair. for walking around outside in a jersey. Uh, t-shirt, yes, but jersey, no. For a while, I thought I would be that guy, just always wearing hockey jerseys, but but no, it's too hot, and they are too expensive to have as a consistent wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I just like what like I commend. I still commend the people who have like, you know, fifteen jerseys for like different players, different teams, and I'm just like, what how? financial do you have to be able to contribute to that? Because I do not. There are some folks who find them find deals on jerseys too. Like you can find stuff in thrift well, stores. 
or the people who get the, uh, the knockoffs on like you know one of those uh, Chinese import like, sites. I, I can't fault anybody for wanting to save money on a jersey because they are expensive. However, buyer beware because those knockoff jerseys never get the Sedona red right or the shape. ever. It always ends up looking. It always ends up looking bright cherry red, like for you know the Hawks or the Flames. I saw uh, one of my friends bought a uh, a knockoff Sharks jersey, and it looked like to me it looked too green. Like, See, you know, I was, not, doesn't look right. I just feel so bad for people who they don't have the money to spend it on an actual Fanatics jersey. So they go to the knockoff site, the and then get ripped off. Already, a, and then the Fanatics jersey is already cheaper than the, the than the out of zeros. Like, 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 come on! If you can afford an out of zero, that's I will say I do but. want to buy a knockoff jersey and just have the back say knockoff or something because I, <laughs> it's probably the hipster in me who's just like, it looks not great. I want it, and I want to wear it all the time. You still got to share pictures of your, um, what is it? Oh, Phoenix. the Phoenix uh, Cobras. The yes. Sun. The Phoenix Cobras, yes. <laughs> that is, uh, it's, that one's glorious. Every time I see the knockoff jersey, I'm just like, I feel bad, but I want it. Uh, can it, I should trade one of my jerseys to someone be like, here you go. Here's a third jersey from when the team had those. Uh, give me the knockoff one. Which, uh, by the way, favorite Coyote jersey of mine. The running Coyote from the third jersey, uh, I th- may be the only one who feels that way. <laughs> I mean, when it's described as the Johnny Cash hallucination uh, jersey from The Simpsons, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. Anyways, uh, anyone want to take any, like maybe any uh, last uh, segment comments before we uh, wrap yeah. up? I mean, last chance to see a preseason game coming this weekend, so check it out. Yep. Yeah, Saturday is the last home preseason game, and then the rest of them are all on the road until we face Boston in the home opener. Wait. And... Coyotes haven't beat Boston since they played in Prague. When was that? 2010. That's that's not good. We need to we need to turn that around. So I'm hoping that Phil Kessel will have a chip on his shoulder about Boston and will help us actually break that streak. Someone needs to step up, and hopefully it'll be Phil, but. Maybe one of the other guys will do it. I'm sure we'll see something. I'm, I'm sh- like, I'm, I'm sure we'll, yeah, it will be just fine. Because you know, it just like it just happened during those times, probably when uh, Boston was either just really good or Arizona was one of the uh, bottom teams. So you know, now we're on a team where obviously, well, Boston's still a top yeah. caliber team, but Arizona's trending up. Yeah. So. I would, I would just really like to see that street break. 
We don't play two them often year, enough. You're not going to have that. You're not going to get too many chances, so this should be one of them. Plus, it'll be a good chance to give, like, home fans a good game, like, especially after the L.A. one. Well, I'm hoping this the Saturday preseason game will, will take the taste Hopefully. of L.A. out of our mouths. Beating the Ducks isn't the same, but it, it's something. Yeah. It's good enough for me. I hate the Ducks. I, I have tried very hard to have strong opinions about the Ducks, and I, I never can. Uh, I remember sitting next to a bunch of Ducks fans one game, and the most scathing insult I could find was, you guys aren't going to win again this year. And they're like, yeah, we know. And that was the best I could manage. That's the most emotionally invested I can get. They're just, they're, I don't like them because they're just a dirty team, you know? The most fun that people have when it comes to making fun of the Ducks is when you go to a game and bring a, uh, a duck call whistle. I've you start ha- calling for the lot, flying V, and it's too. Fun. <laughs> that, too. So, yeah, bring your uh, duck call Everyone whistles bring their Saturday. duck call whistles. We, we know you have them. Just bring them. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm I keep sure. three. I, I, there's, like, the formal one, one you know. and there's, like, a more casual one. And then there's one if I, like... What are you, Duck Dynasty over there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what, for special occasions? One for special occasions? (laughs) Yes, definitely bring your special occasion duck call for Saturday's game. And then you gotta have one if you're just hunting ducks. Because I do that all of the time, so I need one. Oh, no. Duck... You well, mentioned it, and theme song. now it's stuck in my head. Or the DuckTales theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anyways. Um, we should probably wrap things up. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Desert Dogcast. Be sure to tune in every week once the season starts. We'll have the latest Arizona Coyotes news coming right at you, and also the latest NHL news on our sister podcast, Inside the Glass. Be sure to just tune in really any time of the week, and you'll be able to know when they get dropped if you subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and really any place you can find a podcast. And, uh, yeah, once again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Alongside Carl, I'm Rob Liano, and we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.